about what we need to get to you concerning these very important topics, okay? All right, hey, go to Proverbs 7 with me if you would. I'm going to read, got several verses for you today. We'll, uh, we'll do our best not to preach too long to you, uh, but we do want to get some things across to you. I'm going to read several verses. I'll read them fairly quickly, but we're going to read it out of the Message Bible, so it'll, it's more in a story form, but yet it's the Word of God. And, and, uh, uh, and then after I read this, you'll see where I'm going. Uh, with it, look at uh, Proverbs 7, the Message Bible, verse 1. Dear friends, do what I tell you. Now, this is the Lord talking, and, and He is wisdom, and so it's the wisdom of a father here speaking. And he says, Dear friend, do what I tell you. Treasure my careful instructions. Do what I say, and you'll live well. My teaching is as precious as your eyesight. Guard it. Write it out on the back of your hands. Etch it on the chambers of your heart. Talk to wisdom as to a sister. Treat insight as your companion. They'll be with you to fend off the, temp- the temptress. temptress. Now the temptress here is, a, is an immoral woman, but actually also a type of the devil. You know, the Bible calls him the tempter. So as we read these verses... Think of the devil and the tempter and what he does to come and try to confound us. But notice he's saying here that the, the wis- that wisdom, the wisdom of God, the word of God will, verse 5, they'll be with you to fend off the temptress. That smooth-talking, honey-tongued seductress. You know the devil is a smooth-talking, honey-tongued individual that'll paint you a picture that looks real good, but at the end he'll try to kill you. You, you understand that. Verse 6, as I stood at the window of my house, looking out through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by, I spotted a young man without any sense. Arriving at the corner of the street where she lived, then turning up the path to her house. Now, is this guy on the wrong path? Not a good path here. And it's interesting in the first six chapters of Proverbs, we're in chapter 7, but in the first six chapters, there's one warning after another not to take this path. But yet he's on it. We just said, uh, the Bible said he didn't have any sense. Verse 9, it was dusk, the evening coming on, the darkness thickening into night. Just then a woman met him. She'd been lying in wait for him, dressed to seduce him, brazen and brass she was, restless and roaming, never at home, walking the streets, loitering in the mall, hanging out at every corner in town. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, boldly took his arm and said, I've got all the makings for a feast. Today I made my offerings, I've paid my vows. So now I come, I've come to find you, hoping to catch sight of your face. And here you are. I've spread fresh, clean sheets on my bed, colorful, imported linens. My bed is aromic with spices and exotic fragrances. Come, let's make love all night. Spend the night in ecstatic lovemaking. My husband's not home. He's away on business. He won't be back for a month. Soon, she has him eating out of her hand, bewitched by her honeyed speech. Before you know it, he's trotting behind her. Now, it all sounds real good, Up till now, at least to the flesh it does. But notice, before you know it, verse 22, he's trotting behind her like a calf led to the butcher shop. 
Now it's not so good anymore, is it? Like a stag or a, 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 a horse, you know, lured into an ambush, shot with an arrow. Like a bird flying into a net, not knowing that its, fly, that its flying life is over. So friends, listen to me. Take these words of mine most seriously. Don't fool around with a woman like that. Don't even stroll through her neighborhood. Now you'd agree if he's not strolling through the neighborhood, he's certainly not going to be walking up to her door to her door, is that right? Never get in the house, never get into the bedroom. Is that right? And you know, we're thinking about this in a sexual connotation, because that's what the Bible's talking about here, but the devil will try to lure us into things, won't he? And paint the picture, like I said a while ago, paint it looks so good. But he, he, his, his, his motive is to kill us, to destroy us. Don't even stroll through her neighborhood. Now look at verse 26. Countless victims come under her spell. She's the death of many a poor man. She runs a halfway house to hell. Fits you out with a shroud and a coffin. Wow. The path this young man took cost him his life and his eternal soul, didn't it? You know, for 40 years now, I've listened to various preachers talk about the new year. We're coming up on a new year. And they've often said things, you know, like in 04, it's more in 04. Or 8, 08, it's going to be great in 08. Anybody hear these things? And, you know, at the, they're very generic. And at the end of the year, I've seldom, if ever, been able to tell if what they said was accurate. You know, just... Just kind of a saying, I mean, we're going to get hit with all kinds of them in 2020, aren't we? I mean, 2020 vision, these, you know. You know, twice in all these years of ministry, been doing this a long time, I've only had the Lord, I, I felt, speak to my heart, heart on two occasions about the upcoming year, and now 2019 is the third, but the first time, some years back, the Lord spoke to my heart and said that uh, it's going to be an extremely good year for this church. And you know what it was? Looking back at it, got to the end of that year. It was, it was a very, very good year. And then uh, one time he talked to me about it would be the year of the fear of the Lord. And it sounds negative on its face, but you know the fear of the Lord, there's many blessings in the fear of the Lord, isn't it? Beginning of wisdom, isn't it? And much we could say. So it sounded negative, but it really wasn't. And it turned out that, looking back at it, it was a year of the fear of the Lord. Now this year, like I said, the Lord seldom talks to me about an upcoming year, about, you know, like, great no aid or that. I'm, I'm not just not into that sort of thing. But when the Lord speaks, I, I, I you know, we want to hear what he's saying. And so for, for 2019, seldom speak messages like this. Talk more about it specifically next week. But um, it's a year to consider our paths. A year to consider our paths. Individually and as a church. Didn't we read here 27 verses about a path? Did we not? We just read it. And, and this young man with much warning Six chapters of warning, but yet he got on the wrong path, didn't he? And it cost him. And so uh, 
a year to consider our paths individually in your life, you know, and as a church together. Now, you could say, Pastor, that would always apply, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but sometimes the Lord will let you know when they're... I think it's going to be a year that we're going to need to consider our paths, both individually and as, as, as a church. You know, in life, there's many paths. And, of course, we understand and we begin our Christian walk when we enter that narrow path. Remember, Jesus said that there's a narrow path that leads to life, Right? He said, broad is the way, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. He said, many go in thereat. But he said, narrow is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. He said, few there be in comparison with the other group that find it. How many of you know Jesus is that narrow door? He's the only way to the Father. That's what, that's what the Bible says. That's what I believe. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm the door. So, of course... When we come to the Lord and we go through Him, we enter through that narrow door, we get on that narrow path, and that's good, we become Christians. But you know, after we get saved in life, there's many different roads we can take. Is that correct? Has anybody ever got on the wrong road beside me? Let's just think about it in driving a car. Has anybody ever got on the wrong road? <laughs> I know we were coming back from Washington, D.C., I think it was. Or Vir- then we went to the beach there at Virginia, I don't know, Virginia or something, and we, and we, <laughs> we got on the wrong road. It was before GPS, and there was some construction before we had GPS, and Diane was my, my GPS. I had a DPS, Diane. And she's good with a map. Now, my wife's great with a map. I mean, you won't find too many people better out on the highway, all those with a map. Now, she cannot find her way out of a mall. She needs, she needs me for that. But I, I'm no good with maps, so it's a good match, isn't it? So, um, but we were coming back from Virginia or whatever, and, and somehow or another, what did Bug, Bugs Bunny used to say? I, I, sh- I should have taken a left turn to Albuquerque or something. Well, well we messed up. And we, we were getting off and off, and we were, it was a mess. And, and uh, next thing you know, we were like 200 miles out of the way. We were in Akron, Ohio, and it was a mess. And we stopped at a toll, you know, a toll booth came up, and I asked the person for directions, and they just shook their head, and they said, Sir, they said, don't go back the way you, don't, because I was going to turn around and go back, try to get on the right path. He said, you'd be better off just to, route a new have you ever had your GPS route you a new path you know well you know spiritually speaking it's much the same we would like to think that we all I'm talking now after we get saved you know and just in life that we'd all get on the right path and just walk it out to the full but I know I've never done that I've always goofed up along the way somewhere or another have you you know and uh you know, sometimes we need, to, we need to evaluate and reroute some things, don't we? We need to evaluate and reroute a few things. And so, um, um, so, so let's say some things about that today. I have a picture for you. 
I'm going to see if they could throw that up of a, of a road. I don't know if, it, there you go. Now this is it's kind of like, that's a fork in the road, isn't it? Kind of like Yogi Berra. Anybody know who Yogi Berra is? He is and he, he used to have a funny saying. He said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. But anyway, but isn't that just like like life right there? And here we stand looking at that. Now which now which now which now which road do you take? Now somebody said take the high road, but you don't know what's around you might go around that corner and there might be a cliff. Is that right? And you might go down on down to the right there and it might open up and lead 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 right on to where you want to go. Is, is that right? You know, just looking at it, I don't know that I'd want to take any, either of those roads, especially not with a new car. I mean, that'd be a... <laughs> but, but the point is, which one do you take? I mean, in the natural, you can see, you know, just if you're driving a car or walking, which one do you go? If you don't know, what, if you don't know what's on up ahead, spiritually in our in our spiritual walk same thing good news is is that we don't know what's up ahead but the lord does that's why we need to be attuned to him don't we because i don't know what's i don't know i mean i guess in the natural i would be like you i'd probably want to take take the one on the left because it looks like it's going up but like i said you don't know there could be a cliff up over there you know so think about that as we as we share this message today and i believe this is something we'll face in 2019 perhaps more than we ever had have had in our life which road to take not only individually but as a church and you know with that picture up there can you remember that picture uh now, now let's just leave that picture up there, Ed, if you would, and, and, and you don't have to put this next verse up, because I want them to see this picture when I read this verse. Proverbs 14.12 says this. Now look at that picture. Here's what Proverbs 14.12 says. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its, but its end is the way of death. So, you know, we've had a little discussion about which one would we take, there's a way that seems right to me, but the end could well be death. If there's, a, if there's a big cliff up there to the left, you know, and you go up over there and it looks right, looks wonderful, and next thing you know, you're, you're dead, aren't you? So there's a way that seems right, the Bible says to a man, but the end thereof is death. So we don't want to go by our own, you know, our own cognizance on these things. We need to seek the Lord, don't we? Now, of course, that's a natural road, but spiritually here, I'm trying to apply some natural things to get you to thinking spiritually here. Now, notice in Psalm 119, now he'll go ahead and put that verse up, but think about those road, that pork up there, but let's, Ed, put Psalm 119, 105 up. How do we know which road to take? How do we know? How do we know? Which path to go? Well, notice Psalm 119, 105. Now, in the natural, you'd get you a GPS, but but here, this this is a this is our spiritual GPS right here, right? Is that right? The Bible. And notice 
your word is a what? Lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then Psalm 119, 133 says, direct my steps by your, by your what? By your word. So, if you come up on a fork in the road and let's say it's about forgiving somebody. Has the word told you to forgive? So you know which road to take, correct? If you come up on a road, whether loving somebody or not loving them. Well, do we have the spiritual GPS? Tells us what to do, doesn't it? Go the road of love. Is that, is that correct? You understand. And uh, here's one, Proverbs 6.23. Let's look at that. For the commandment is a lamp. The commandment. What's the commandment? That's the Bible. It's a lamp. And the law, that's the Bible, is a what? Is a, is a light. Notice, reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So what the, these verses are simply telling us is that when we come up on a fork in the road, like, do we forgive? Do we walk in love? You know, do we... Keep a good attitude. These kinds of things are already in the Bible. We, we can read the Bible and get our GPS, our spiritual GPS. We know which road to take. What happens though when you come up on a situation, you have to make a decision and it's not verbatim written in the Bible like, like which house should I buy or which car should I buy or which wife I was going to say, which wife should I marry? Which, 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 you know, which, you know, which girlfriend would be the one that the Lord would have me to be my wife? Or whatever the case, you know, you can't go in the Bible and find... Now, you can go in the Bible and find general characteristics about, like, a, a believer shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Is that correct? That's what the Bible says. Is that right? You know, and, and much we could say, but... You know, is is it is it is it Diane or is it Betty or is it Susan? Now, which one? Which one? You can't go in the Bible and find an answer to that, can you? Generally, you can. You know, if if these other two aren't saved, then it's a no-brainer, right? But what if they're all three saved and they love the Lord, huh? Now, what are you going to do? So you're going to have to lean on. There's something else you're going to have to lean on. There's good news. Notice, if you would, Proverbs 3, verse 5. We're talking about paths here today and forks in the road. Which way are we going to go? Today, just generally getting you ready for what I want to talk to you about next Sunday. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him that's the Lord and he will what? direct your paths see so when you come up on that fork in the road there's a way that seems right to a person but the end thereof is death so don't lean on your own understanding trust in the Lord acknowledge him and he'll what? he'll direct your your paths so whether it's a 
you know, like these three ladies I was talking about, you know. Um, well, in fact, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of a funny story. But I was in a certain church and Diane was there and, and uh, the pastor called the line up and brought all the single women in the church up, you know, lined them up. Diane was in the line. And he said, take your pick, whichever one you want. Shouldn't have done that, huh? Put everybody in a bad, uncomfortable situation. Especially me, you know. But even though that shouldn't have been done, there was a drawing that I had towards her. And I'm glad it's worked out good, hasn't it? See, I let the Lord pick her for me. I said, I let the Lord pick her for me. I didn't pick her. The Lord picked her. If you knew our circumstances and our situations and, and, and whatnot, uh, you and I weren't really a match that, that anybody would have ever thought would have worked. But, and, 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 and we let the Lord put us together, and it's, it's been heaven on earth. It just really has, you see. And so... Uh, uh, and I didn't say that about that lineup to be critical. We look back at it now, it's kind of comical. How many of you know when you're going through some things at the time, it can look, it can look pretty bad, but you get way on down the road, you look back at it, and it's more comical than anything else, you know. Not all things, but sometimes that's the case. <laughs> so what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know which road to take? You know, now, now if it's a clear thing, like do I walk in love or do I, do I take the path of love? Or, or like, let's say you've been criticized and somebody's criticized you. Now, do you take the high road or the low road? You take the high road, you don't criticize back. Is that right? That's easy. The Bible tells us. But if it's what car should I buy or what school should I go to? What college should I attend? You know, these, what job should I, where should I apply for a job? The, you can't find these things in the Bible. But thank God we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us who lead us and help us, you see. Is that right? These things I'm telling you about now can save your life. They really can. We trust in the Lord. Look at, look at Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And that word for rule there in the, in the Greek language, it means umpire. What does an umpire do? Calls, he calls balls what? Or he calls plays what? Safe or out. And so what calls things safe or out in your life? It's the what? It's the peace. The peace of God. Where is that peace? Right on the inside. That's your spiritual GPS. See, a lot of times... We think, well, maybe if an angel would appear to us or if, or if God would speak to us in an audible voice. But that, that almost never, ever, ever happens. It could happen, but it almost never does. And if it did happen, it better line up with the Bible. But, but that's not how God works. He, you've got his written word. You're supposed to read it and follow it, right? And if something comes up in life, you come to a fork in the road, you don't know which to take, you can't go find it verbatim in the Bible. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you can't read in here where the Bible says, go to UMSL, go to University of Missouri, St. Louis. It doesn't say that in there, right? Do I go to UMSL or do I go to, do I go to Harvard or do I go to Merrimack? Where do you go? I mean, you know, you've got to seek the Lord, right? Correct? 
and get that peace. Like Diane and I, we, we had that peace about each other. Mentally, it didn't make a lot of sense her and me getting married, but we had that peace. You see what I'm saying? And, and let the peace of God call the shots in your life. Vitally important. I believe we're going to come up on some things here in 2019 where we're going to have to do that more than we have up till now. Did you, did you hear me? So we're telling you ahead of time. How many of you like to know some things ahead of time? And then just some ways to know if you're on the right path. How many of you, you're, when you're driving down the road, every once in a while I want to be sure I'm on the right road, and so you wait for a sign to come up, don't you? To tell you, you know, the destination you're going to is such and such miles. And then you see that up there, like when we're coming back from from you know like today after the service I won't be able to talk I like talking to you after the service but I'm not going to be able to do it today because we've got to go to Jefferson City I shouldn't say we've got to go we get to go to Jefferson City to, to a, a, her family's having a family thing there you know so I'm going to have to leave quickly today and so forth but when we're, when we're going there you know I'm going to be looking for signs you know Jefferson City you know 200 miles and you look for signs, right? To be sure you're on the right path. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. Let me give you some signs here that'll let you know whether you're on the right path. Would you like, would you like to? In your life, you're in your life, right? Here we go. Here's one. Isaiah 55, 12. Says this. You shall go out with joy. And be led, see, be led forth or let out with peace. See, peace is what leads you. But if you're letting peace lead you, the peace of God lead you, there needs to be or there ought to be some joy in your life. Is that right? Yes. One, of the, one of the ways that you can tell if you're on the path God wants you on is there joy in your life. Now, I, I didn't say happiness. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstance. Joy is a, is a spiritual force we're going to talk about. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's based on the Word of God. And you can have joy when there's no reason to be happy. Do you have joy about you? Psalm 1611, Psalm 1611 says, You'll show me the path of life. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. Your right hand pleasures forevermore. Do you have joy about you? Is there joy in your life? If there isn't, you need to wonder and, and consider, am I on the right path? Here's another one that will let you know whether or not you're on the right path. Look at Proverbs 4, verse 18. Let's just do verse 18 says, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter to the what? The perfect day. Is your path getting brighter as you go? See, is your path getting brighter? That's one way you can know you're on the right spiritual path for your life. Are things getting brighter? Generally. Now, how many of you know, when you're walking with the Lord, we'll say a little more about this in a moment, there, there, there are some dark days. There's some, some, some troubles that when you walk with the Lord. But, but generally, overall, if you're walking with God, things should be getting brighter, shouldn't they? And if they're not, you just need to, need to take a step back and say, hey, am I, on the right, am I on the right 
path. And just like with the GPS in the car, if you make a wrong turn, you get on the wrong road, what does the GPS do? It reroutes you. Well, you could let the Holy Ghost reroute you. He won't beat you up. He won't put you down. Can you say amen? He won't. He'll just reroute you. Still love you? We've all needed some rerouting. But it, it, if things are just getting darker and darker and gloomier and gloomier and, and worse and worse and worse, I mean, I mean we're, we're not on the right road. Are you getting that? Jesus said, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So one way you can tell if you're on the right path for your life, is there, is there any joy in it? You know, one neat thing about God, among many numerous neat things, is see, he wants us to follow him, not because we have to, but because we want to. When you, when you have to do something, doesn't it kind of take all the fun out of it? But when you, when you, when you get to do something because you want to. And so is there joy in your walk? Is it getting brighter? Look at Psalm 1. I'm going to read a few verses here out of the Amplified. It'll be on the screen. It says, Blessed... Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. So this is talking about a person who is on the right road here, not walking on the road with these grumbly, grumbly people. His delight and desire in the law of the Lord and on His law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, He habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and night. And He shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither. And everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. So another way you can tell, see, is if, if you're on the right path for your life, is there blessing and stability? Is there blessing and stability? This is talking about a person who's on the right path, not walking in the path, uh, not walking in a sinful path, not listening to ungodly counsel, but a person that's listening to godly things. Walking in the right path and notice there's stability and blessing in his life. See, if there's not stability and blessing, you've got to question whether or not you're on the right path. Because if you're on the right path that God has for you, there will be blessing and stability. Now in Psalm 23, you've all heard of the 23rd Psalm, haven't you? Usually gets read at funerals, but it's not a, a Psalm of the dead, it's a Psalm of the living. And, and notice this psalm here will let you know a lot about the path you're on and if you're on the right path. See, and if, again, if you're not on the right path, reroute. Real loud, say reroute. reroute. 
happens, just rewrite. It, you know, nobody's beating you up. God's not beating you up. He loves you. That's why he has me standing here <laughs> teaching this. Hey, I, we've all done it, including me. I probably got on the wrong paths more than anybody in here put together. But God knows, uh, or God will show you and he'll rewrite you, you see. Notice this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me, here, here you go, he leads me beside the what? Still waters. So if you're on the right path, there should be provision in your life where you're not going to want. There'll be some green pastures on the road that he has for you to walk. There'll be some green pastures. There'll be some still waters. He restores my soul, verse 3. There'll be some restoring of your soul. How many of you know, boy, this, this, this is for somebody in here now. I'm telling you that some things have happened to your soul over the years. But if you'll get on that path that God has for you to walk, He will do what only He can. He will restore your soul. And He'll mend it and, and, and fix it and get it back like it's supposed to be. And when He gets done, it'll be better than, than, than you could imagine if you just work with Him. And that's for somebody. He'll restore your soul. But see, you've got to be on that right path, see? And then he leads me in the paths of righteousness. See, he leads me in the what? The paths of righteousness. We're talking about paths here today. The path he'll lead you on is a righteous path. For his name's sake, yea. Now, now, here we go now. It'd be nice if we didn't have to read this next one, but, but it's, it's it here. We need to read it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because he's with us. See, on the path that God has for you, it isn't always... A rose garden, it isn't always bright sunshine. It isn't always that way. Generally, it should be getting brighter, but there's some valleys. Valley of the shadow of death. But even in that valley, we don't have to what? We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because he is with us. Isn't that wonderful? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, he'll comfort you in those times. It's interesting, I studied paths of men of the Bible. And, and it's interesting, David, King David, his path led him through the valley of the shadow. He, he, he wrote this by the direction of the Holy Spirit. He also had a lion in his path, he had a bear in his path, and he had a giant in his path, didn't he? But he defeated all of them by the hand of God, didn't he? I think about Daniel. He, he had a path that led him through the lion's den, but he came out victorious, didn't he? I think about those three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had a path that took them through a fiery furnace, but they refused to bow to any other God other than the Lord, and they, they didn't get burned in the furnace, and they came out on the other side. They didn't even smell a smoke. Isn't that wonderful? Moses, he had a path between him and the promised land. It was a wilderness, right? And it should have been a two-week trip. It took him 40 years. It wasn't his fault. It's, dealt with a lot of rebellious people in there wouldn't it be terrible that you're on a path that you can get where you're supposed to go in about two weeks and it takes 40 years and much of that time they were circling the same mountains and going around the, they never learned the lessons they were supposed to learn isn't that sad 
and they spun their wheels. Interesting. Jesus had a path, the Lord himself, that led him into a wilderness to be tempted of the devil and led him to a cross. Isn't that, inter- isn't that interesting? You know, Jesus was on the right path, but you know, there was a resurrection at the end of it too, wasn't there? The Apostle Paul, he had a path that led him through persecution and into prison. And, but even in the midst of that, he lived to be an old man. And, and he died on his terms, not on the devil's terms. Isn't that wonderful? And then verse 5, Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. See, there will be some valleys in there. But I tell you what, if you'll stick with God... Uh, he'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. He'll anoint your head with oil and your cup will run over. See, there ought to be some of that running over stuff if you're on the right path. And then finally, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, if you're on the path God has for you, goodness and mercy will be following you. And see, if goodness and mercy is not following you, then you're not on the path you're supposed to be on. You have to reroute. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, we're going to talk next week a little bit about how our church here, we just need to reroute just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's okay. Right? Just just a little bit. Reroute. Is that okay? Just reroute. Boy, it got real quiet. It got so quiet in here, it made me nervous. I didn't say massively change. I just said a little what? Just a little reroute. You'll see next week. It'll be cool. It'll be good. You'll be excited. Nothing big major. Just How many of you know just a little adjustment? Remember the old radios from yesteryear? I don't think they were non-digital, but you'd have that dial. And you'd, you'd be just off a little bit. And there'd be shh. It's static. Shh. How many remembers that? Shh. And all you'd have to do a lot of times, you didn't have to make any big turns. Just a little. Just a little. Adjustment, it comes right in. So just, just, just some things that I feel the Lord wants us to do. You'll, you'll, look, you'll look at them and say, wow, this, would be, this is simple, this is easy. Nothing major, just real easy stuff. Good things, say good things. Good things. Oh yeah, you'll see. So we're just kind of getting you ready for what I want to share with you. It'll be good. Um, here's another one, Psalm 17.5. Way to know if you're on the right path. Psalm 17, 5, uphold my steps in your paths, in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. See, if you're on the right path, there ought to be some advancement. You ought to be going somewhere, right? Is, is that correct? You ought to be getting somewhere. You know, so many of us just spend our lives spinning our wheels. Kind of like we just talked about how long did it take Moses, it should have taken him how long to get to the promised land? Two, about two weeks, give or take, and it took him how long? You talk a lot about spinning their wheels. So if you're just spinning your wheels, you're slipping all the time. I mean, any of us is going to slip and fall. There's so many scriptures I could share with you that when we slip and fall, the Lord will pick us back up and, and dust us off and we'll go again. It's all good. 
but we shouldn't be always just spinning our wheels and slipping all the time. We've got to consider, are we, do we need to reroute a little bit? Maybe make a little adjustment. That's, that's a lot of times all you have to do. Don't have to do anything major. Just a little adjustment can go a long way. Right? Here's another one. Psalm 22, verse, Psalm 122, Psalm 122, verse 1. And this is something you need to know about any path that the Lord puts you on. Any path that the Lord, now listen carefully now. Any path that the Lord puts you on will always run through his local church. Did you hear me? Any path the Lord puts you on will always run you through his local church. How many of you know God has a local church for everybody? He does. And he has an assignment for everybody in that local church. Absolutely. And and you need to know that. Any path God puts you on will run you through a local church. And and God's got an assignment for you there. Now see, around here, I'm not going to beat you over the head and you got to do this, you got to do that. See, because see, that's a making people. I'm not a make you do it pastor. I'm a I want you to do it pastor. Just because you want to, see. Because see, if, I, if I'm beating you over the head, boom, 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 then there's no, sorry, then there's no fun in it anymore. Is that right? And notice what the psalmist said. I was, let's see, Psalm 122 verse, Psalm 122, is this verse 1? I was sad when they said to me, let us go to the house of, let us, let us, let us go to the house of the Lord. Huh? Is that what it said? No. It said I was what? I was what? I was glad. I was what? I was glad. You know, there's a lot of people, now listen to me, there's a lot of people that they're, let's go to the house of the Lord, and they're sad. Well, I could tell you that if that's the case, you're not on the right road. You're not on the road God wants you on, you see. Because if you're on the right road and you're at the right church where God wants you to be, then you're going to be what? You're going to be? Going to be what? Glad. glad. Real loud, say it like you mean it. Glad. Going to be glad. Yeah. Glad. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. See? That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's, that's what God wants for all of us. You okay? So any path God has you on is going to run you through a local church. And, and, and what I, you know what I mean? It's going to put you in a local church. And, you, and, and he's got something for you to do that only you could do. Did you know that? Only you could do it. And to, 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 the, way, to the full. And, uh, and it should be a glad thing. And then here's something else. Look at this, Matthew 4.19 Here's something else, that way you can tell if you're on the, and I'm almost done, by the way, uh, that you can tell if you're on the right path. Because any path God puts you on is going to be a path of soul winning, telling others about Jesus. Did you hear me? Any path that God puts you on will be a path of soul winning, reaching the people that you come in contact with, sharing the goodness of the Lord with them. Matthew 4.19, he said, Jesus said, follow me. 
So if you're following him, you're going to be what? A what? Fishers of men. And see, if, that, if, 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 if that's not in your life, if that's, if that's not part of your life, then guess what? You need to reroute just a little bit. Is that, is that correct? Psalm 2.12 seldom ever gets read. I never really did understand it. I'm going to read it in the Amplified, but for the sake of time, let's just do the first, just the first three words. What does it say? It's not, it's talking about the Lord. Kiss the Lord. What, much we could say, pay homage to Him and so forth. How, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means, at least for this message. The path we walk, we need to stay. stay. Let me ask you. Look, look up here, everybody. Right now, can I kiss my wife where I'm standing? Now, I could, I could blow her a kiss, but I can't really... I'm not close enough to her to kiss her. <clears throat> Listen carefully now, 2019. You need to do this all the time, really, 2019. You need to stay so close to Jesus, so close to Him, that you can what? Kiss Him. Kiss him. Now you write that down somewhere and don't you forget it. Okay? You stay so close to Him that you can what? Now you, write, now you write that down. And we'll come at the end of 19 and you see if that's not something we really needed to, to pay attention to. Any path that he puts you on, it's going to be close to him. And we need to stay so close to him that we could kiss him. That close. A holy kiss, you understand. You getting anything out of this today? You know, there's an old saying, a word to the wise should be sufficient. Job said this in Job 23.10. He said, but he knows the way that I take when he has tested me. I shall, I shall come forth as gold. I believe the Lord's going to test us in this next year. I think we're going to come up on some, you know, remember that picture I had up there? I think we're going to come up on some of those forks. Some of them are going to be tests. You need to understand this. The Lord will give you tests. And we're going to need to be keen and listen to His Spirit to pass the test, to take the right road. And if we'll do, we'll come forth as gold. It says, My foot has held fast to His steps. I've kept His way and not turned aside. I've not departed from the commandments of His lips. I've treasured the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. How many of you know there's necessary food and there's unnecessary food? A lot of unnecessary food around Christmas time. Is that right? <laughs> well, he's not talking about chocolate chip cookies here now. He's talking about the stuff you need to stay alive. And he said that, that, that his words need to be more precious to us than our necessary food. Stay close to him. And if we'll do all these things, Right before I have you stand and dismiss. Notice Psalm 65, 11. And I believe this is a conditional promise to us for this next year. And like I said, I normally don't do a lot of teaching on the new year and all these things going to happen in the new year. How many of you, you know that? I don't, I don't do that. This is what I felt the Lord wanted me to share with you. 
<clears throat> you crown the year with your goodness. If we'll do what God said do in this message and, and, and next week, what, he's, what, what I need to share with you next week, if we'll do these things, stay on the right road. If we've gotten off, reroute. Get, do what we're supposed to do for him and stay close to him and, and so forth. We'll come to the end of 19 in, in the year. You crown the year with your, what? With your goodness and your paths will drip with abundance. Stand with me if you would. And just bow your heads there. While, while I, we'll dismiss here in just a second. Now, if you're here today and you've never gotten on the right path, which is narrow, the narrow path that leads to salvation, I'd like to invite you to do that before you leave here today. There'll be some people standing up here in the front. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I want to encourage you to do that today. Please do it. I beg you. I beg you to do it. I, I, you know, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I don't operate that way. That's not my the way I do things around here. But like I told you earlier in this message, there were four or five people sat in this church not too long ago. And, I, and, and if, I, if I could, I, I shared Jesus with them. If I could have got down on my hands and knees and begged them, I would have. And they're gone now. I mean, I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just saying, if you've never accepted Jesus, you need to do it. You really do. He loves you. He died for you. Take advantage of what he did for you and receive him today. And all you have to do is when we dismiss, walk up here to the front and say, hey, introduce me to Jesus. I, I want to get saved. And these people will pray with you and they'll introduce you to Jesus. You'll be glad you came to him. And if you're here today and you've been spinning your wheels, you've gotten off the path, and you haven't left Jesus, but you've not been walking the way you should, how many of you know, as I've said many times, you can reroute. You can get, get back to it the way, you, the way you're supposed to be. It's interesting. Abraham, the man in the Bible, he got off the path. And it's interesting when we get off. Do you ever notice a lot of times we don't get off with a big major mistake? Sometimes we do. But usually it's a, easy stages, isn't it? Just a little here, a little there. Miss it here, miss it there. Next thing you know. You know when you're flying a plane, if you get off one degree, fly across the country, you, by the time you get to your destination, well, you won't get to your destination. You'll be way off. Just a little, little, being a little off here down the road, you could be way off. But reroute. I'm inviting you today to reroute if you need to reroute. So if you need to do that, maybe you've just gotten so comfortable on the path you're on. You know, it's so easy. The Bible warns about getting comfortable on the path you're on. We didn't even talk about it today in the message. But you can get so comfortable that you can stagnate and just never go anywhere. So if you need to reroute, that's a good way to put it, reroute. You can come up here. These folks will pray with you. Or maybe you don't even need to come up here on this one. You just, you just in your heart say, Lord, I missed it. I missed it. I can see I've missed it. I've missed it there. And I'm going to reroute. And if you'll just do that between you and him, boy, he'll, he'll, he'll direct you right back where you need to be. You get right like Abraham. He got right back where he needed to be and, and things went better for him. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming today and being here. 
I can't tell you how you blessed me coming and being here. You're a good group of people and I love you to pieces. And hey, I want to encourage you, be in prayer for me because next week I'm going to go into some more specific things. This was just general here today, getting you ready for next week. But I'm going to share some things with you that we're going to do just a little bit of, like I said, a little rerouting here with our church. Just to, You'll think it's great. Trust me. It'll be good. It won't be hard either. It'll be real easy. But I think it can produce some good things. We're going to try to reach out to people that are hurting in this community more than we have here up till now. Don't you think that'd be a good idea? It'll be real easy to do. It'll be easier than you think. Real easy. Something you can do. It'll be something you can do from your home, just in your spare time, just a couple of minutes a week, actually. You'll see. That's pretty easy, don't you think? Okay. See, I want to tell you this. If you attend here, I seldom, like what I'm going to share next week, I seldom require folks to do do do, do much of anything because I know what it's like to come up in a church where you're always being beaten, being beat overhead to do stuff. But every once in a while, as a pastor, I can see we need to make a little adjustment and we'll, 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 we need to do some things. So I'm not going to beat you overhead, but I'm going to encourage you. I think we can see good, good, better days for our church ahead. What do you say? And it's not just about it. It's about helping. Say this, helping hurting people. Because we got something good here that can help people. Now remember, this is not an entertainment center. But it's a place where people can come and hear the word of God and be loved and helped. With the word of God. So you keep next Sunday in prayer. Will you do that and be here and, and get in on it? Let's, let's do more to help hurting people than we have up till now. What do you say? Well, I love you. God bless you. Love on one another a little bit. You're dismissed.